around, getting ready to put it in the babes. Who's going to take home $25,000 for Fuel Tech Thursday? No, oh, it goes to Cisco. 628, he's dead on one. He's 11 on the tree. Wow. Double 06, dead nine in the right. Double 07, one above in the left. SFG Promotions proudly welcomes you to The SFG Effect, a podcast that gives you a behind-the-scenes look at our life-changing events and the people who make it happen. So let's get right into it. Enjoy the show. For the richest final round in the history of organized drag racing, here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of the SFG Effect podcast. Uh, we're just a few days removed from our first race of the year, the SFG season kickoff at Bradenton, Florida. I'm Justin Hutto, the co-host of this show, alongside Austin Truler, the business director of SFG Promotions and co-host of the SFG Effect. All right, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the 2020, or what's this year? The 2020 to 2021 offseason. So, uh, Austin, you were involved with a lot of changes in terms of rule changes, uh, new partners, et cetera. So how do you think the offseason went for SFG Promotions? Yeah. So uh, first off, hello, everybody. And uh, thanks for tuning in to our very first episode. Super excited about uh, this new project. But, um, you know, in addition to this new project and, and this podcast, uh, we had a very productive offseason season. Uh, it was filled with, like you said, you know, a lot of new partners c- coming on board. Um, some some key ones being SNW race cars and Wright trailers, um, along with a lot of partnership renewals from some of our, you know, hallmark companies of SFG, um, the Jags, FTI, Fuel Tech, Hanson, uh, Mickey Thompson, you know, sort of those uh, those mainstay names with SFG uh, when it comes to partners. So. It was a really uh-huh. successful, uh, really successful off season. We accomplished a lot. I think one of our main goals going into it was to really stay engaged with our audience throughout the entire off season. Right. Um, I think it can become really easy for promoters to kind of take it, take the time off, you know. And and I think you know SFG especially our team deserved it uh, time off after a really. Um, long and you know hard fought year last yep. year that, wrapping up in christmas and bradenton again yeah exactly you know we finished um we finished racing in december like right before christmas i mean and we've never raced that long and then uh we've never started this early in march so we really had a very abbreviated off season but i think it was really mm-hmm. productive um lots of great conversations with a lot of those new companies and then also just in like i said staying engaged um we w- our goal is for SFG um, fans and customers to try to see something from SFG almost every day. So that's why we're so active on social media, trying to put out new content. Uh, Hopefully I had a chance to watch the SFG conference uh, where we outlined a lot of the changes coming to 2021, highlighted a lot of the wins in the challenging 2020 season and, and looked forward to what 2021 uh, had in store. And it's crazy to think that we're already through one of the six events for the year and it's we're fast approaching the second one. Yep, so. it, it feels like it's sneaking up pretty quick. And uh, one thing I do want to talk a little bit more about is, you know, I think it's really cool when you see racers come up to the tower after we call them a few times and they pick up their gift certificates for one thing or another. Uh, so in terms of SFG partners and sponsorships, how are some of the ways 
that racers are going to benefit from these partnerships that we are working to put together for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's sort of a um, we we kind of relooked really at our entire portfolio of partners over the last um, the last year and really evaluated who are kind of the core companies who we feel like we can really partner with, align with their strategic objectives, and help them grow through the SFG platform. And uh, a main ingredient, uh, sort of to to every deal that we create is it needs to give some value back to the SFG racer where they can go show their appreciation. Um, so for example, SNW, um, you have a discount code that you can go, um, get, uh, some savings from SNW, uh, via the website and, and social media and, um, JEGS same way offering racer discount for SFG racers, uh, that you can sign up for. Um, and then in addition to that, right, a lot of the companies are providing certificates. Uh, Mickey Thompson, for example, uh, gave us a ton of $500 um, gift certificates for tires, which covers, you know, for some cars that, that covers your set of tires for, for others, it gets you really close. So, um, you know, I think that not only are you uh, able to benefit through the fact that they're helping us to bring better events every year, but I think in addition, there's, so many savings and discounts and benefits to um, racing with SFG that these companies are giving. Yeah, so we, we mentioned the rule changes coming up for the year, and it was interesting to see door cars and dragsters kind of mixed together. I think it was what round the round of eight now that they start coming 16. in. Sixteen. Round so, of sixteen. Yep. Yeah. So that was a, that was a big change. Um, it it you know went. Um, kind of different from how, how many people have known SFG for the last couple of years. And, uh, typically, in, you know, at SFG, you have, um, three buy runs. So no box buy, door car buy and dragster buy. So very different than probably, you know, if you haven't raced an SFG race, it's very different than, um, other races you might've gone to. I know my first one, I was kind of like, Whoa, what's going on here? But once you kind of understand, it makes a ton of sense to have three buy runs and I'll get into that. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, well, so, so the big difference in, in change, really, we kept those Byrons um, up until the latter round of 16. And instead of keeping door cars and dragsters separate um, all the way until essentially one remains of each and then they race off, uh, we moved to a ladder at 16 where everyone is combined uh, into one ladder and then we transition to one Byron at that point. Um, so it's your ladder on reaction time, that whole process of re-laddering and everything it remains the same. But... Um, what this does is speeds up the end of the race, and it um, also kind of helps the splits as you get down into the later rounds. So um, as you know, a lot of our races, splits happen, and a lot of money gets pushed back typically um, mm -hmm. at events. And so uh, sort of uh, eliminating some of the buy runs in the later rounds uh, through this process helps uh, helps to kind of just you know make a better deal for everybody that's left around at that stage. And um, yeah. I think that it worked out tremendously well uh, in the first race at Bradenton. Uh, it went really, really smooth. Um, and I, from what I heard, you know, everyone really enjoyed um, kind of this new change. And in particular, one thing that people really still enjoyed was that uh, in those first, call it six rounds, six to seven rounds of the event, we still do have separate buy runs. So if you're a door car and you get the buy, uh, at some other races, you might have to wait, you know, hours until the end of dragsters to run the last dragster and that your reward, you know, for a buy run is that you might have to run a dragster. 
Well, with SFG, by still having that door car buy run and that dragster buy run, now those, that door car doesn't have to wait until the very end of you know hours and hours of dragsters just to potentially have to run a dragster. So I think that you know, kind of we were able to keep the really good part about how we did things, but um, also make little improvements um, towards the end of the race that ultimately uh, seemed to have gone really smooth um, at the first race. And we'll certainly keep you know evaluating and and seeing how it goes throughout the rest of the season. But it seems to be going well so far. But yeah, I, I think. Um the 16 car deal where the the dragsters and door cars get mixed together has made it a bit more fair. Uh, like you mentioned for the, the split situation that seems to always occur and probably will continue to at big money SFG events. You know, we're the mission is to make the experience as great as it can be. And I think this adds to it and um, kind of along the same lines. I heard, I've heard a lot of racers really appreciate the first round right out of the, right out of the trailer deal uh, from the start of the weekend. So between yeah, those two yeah. changes, yep, yeah, I think so, um, another thing that went you know tremendously well, like you said, there is, um, you know, I think SFG is really you know we've always tried to like push the envelope and kind of question why things are the way they always have been. So you know when you mm -hmm. kind of look at drag racing over time, especially bracket racing, you know it was all about time trials. Like you know you get shoot like when I growing up at my local track, you know we'd get three or four time runs um, before oh, first man. round. You know it's like half the um, day gone. Make right, time you know runs. You, yeah. you spend yeah you spend so much time doing that, and um, it's like let's let's get to the race. And SFG, you know obviously we have a lot of cars um, and a, a lot of things to accomplish, and we want to do that at a reasonable time. And um, I think what we were all really happy to see was how well uh, the no time run situation went. I mean, no one seemed to buy, everyone seemed to like it, to be honest with you. You know, it's right off the trailer, kind of everybody's in the yep, same that's boat. That's what I saw too. Yep. And uh, go hit first round. And if you lost, it was a $50 buyback for a $25,000 win race. So can't complain too much there. And I think, uh, I think it went really well. And that's why you'll see that, I think, more and more. Um, at our races and other races is just no time trials. So in addition to those two changes that uh, I thought we implemented really well at the uh, season opener race, how do you uh, how do you feel like uh, the event went? I know this is one of your kind of the, the first in the season where you'll be joining us uh, pretty much every race this year to help with a lot of media. How do you think that uh, the event went? Yep, I think it was great. So beyond you know what I was doing with media work, as uh, seeing a uh, big money bracket race successfully end around 8 39 p.m every day it's kind of unheard of so i know racers i know i would appreciate that as a racer you know we, we didn't start at like 8 30 you know 7 30 in the morning at some nhra races you know they're calling stock limited to the lanes 7 30 if you're not there they're going to run without you you know so it wasn't an extreme situation like you would see at other races to try to get things done on time. The SFG crew in combination with the Bradenton track crew just did a really good job of making stuff happen quickly. Um, I think a benefit was there weren't a ton of incidents and in track cleanup, which helped. Um, but even the instances where this, some of that did happen, uh, the turnaround was just very quick. So, I think from an operations perspective, which I'm gaining more and more of, a, of an appreciation for as I, I watch the team work, I think was extremely successful, uh, which helped the racers enjoy their time at the track. You know, 
we got to fit in a golf cart race. I think that was, or a pit vehicle race. I think that was Friday or Saturday night. Um, and you know, there's, <laughs> it was really funny to see just a huge line of racers, uh, revving up their pit bikes and, and golf carts, um, for some three thirty a uh, golf cart racing. And, you know, if you're racing till midnight, 1am, you're not going to get that experience to enjoy, you know, your, your racing family. And that's for me. And I think for everyone else, yes, the money is great. Uh, but a, a really good, a cherry on top is the people you get to enjoy um, at the racetrack. So I think yeah, SFG, for sure, for sure. Yeah, did a great job of making sure that piece was still intact at this race. Yeah, and when when you look at like, um, I mean, heading into this race, our main objective, like this, this in all essence, this event was really a warm up because you know in a couple of weeks here we have a a little a little race coming back to Bradenton, a little where one? you know a little we're gonna you know we'll pay ten times the the amount, um, yeah, you know, half a mil. So yeah, uh, just half a million. So you know what we wanted to accomplish here was to build momentum for that race to refine what our team, you know, already knew we were really good at, but operationally make sure everything, you know, was just on point and ready for what we're about to bring on April 12th, um, to, to Bradenton. And, uh, I think we, I think we crushed it. You know, I think, uh, you know, our team's gotten larger. We had some new additions to the team, but I mean, we knocked it out of the park. And I think just the easy way to tell that, was that we were done when the sun was setting. And I don't think I've ever yeah. been a part of an SFG race where we've really been able to run a final, you know, um, when the sun was setting. And that's not, you know, the fault of SFG. That's just that, like, you know, we haven't, um, we've been getting better efficiency every race. We're better at running cars. We're faster at running cars. And, I mean, obviously the weather was absolutely perfect. So, yeah, a, a lot of great. things went into it, but it, it went, you know, superbly well. And uh, I think it was everything we could have hoped it would be um, as we prep for for uh, the SFG 500 in April. Yep. Yep. And talking about the 500 and this track combination. I So growing up, I raced junior dragsters pretty, pretty extensively. And one of the big races was always the Eastern Conference Finals in Bristol, or the Western Conference Finals, I think it switched over from Denver and then Tulsa when I eventually aged out. And the one of the days we were always excited for, especially in Bristol, where there's so much to see uh, and experience, was our off day. We would go like whitewater rafting or go down to Gatlinburg and experience uh, all that there is to offer over there. And in Bradenton, at the SFG 500 coming up, presented by uh, Jags, you, you kind of get the same experience again. Um, you get it if you win first round, you get a complete off day and get to experience the Tampa Bradenton Beach experience, which is it's pretty amazing if you ask me. You know, it's still it's still what is it, twenty degrees at some places in April where these races yep. are coming from. <laughs> um so yeah, I think the combination of the decisions made uh for the five hundred for scheduling in addition to uh, the team doing so great this season so far and getting races done is going to make for some really, really fun times and great memories uh, for everyone, not just those who win first round, uh, because, you know, like I said, we're not going to be racing until 1 a.m. Uh, no matter what. 
For sure, exactly. And, you know, if you don't know what the schedule looks like for the SFG 500, I mean, go, you know, check out our website, racesfg.com slash schedule. Um, and you can see the two-day format that worked so well last year at the, the Jags SFG Million in Michigan. Now we'll do it in Florida. Now we have beautiful April weather in, you know, um, central south Florida. Um, we've got the, you know, beautiful beach there, uh, golf, anything you can uh, ask right. for, and, and you're going to have time to do it. So that's uh, that's why it's so cool and, and sort of how we can kind of, uh, you know, help create that memorable experience and, and vacation um, while you're at the racetrack. Yeah, exactly. I think that's going to, like I said, be make for some really, really great memories. Um, so, yeah, another cool thing about this last Bradenton race was the introduction of the Riley Trophy. So if you could kind of, I guess, share how this idea came about. It, it, it looks incredible. Uh, but, you know, share how it came about, who built it, and um, where we can expect to see it next. Yeah, for sure. So this was another one of those winter projects um, that was really super important for our team to try to figure out how to get done because – um, you know, I think everybody's got a big check, um, and everybody gets, you know, the, the real check, right. Uh, if you, if you're lucky enough to be a winner or make it down to the late rounds. Um, but the problem that I've had and that we were kind of thinking about is, you know, you can spend the money, right. And, and the money can go away and sure you might remember that win oh, yeah. because you got a brand new, you know, uh, renegade and, and stacker or something, <laughs> but, um, you know, ultimately the vision I kind of had is, and it really stems from what NHRA has done, you know, obviously the Wally with NHRA, um, people cherish those. And we've seen that people will um, go out of their way to go compete for that trophy, regardless of what the payout is versus what the entry fee costs and, and you know, um, what that race is like. So when we looked at that, it's like, I just, I envision, um, you know, when you look back in 10 years, uh, somebody has a whole wall of, of Riley's and, and that, that right. becomes something that is a tradition and a, a fundamental part of an SFG race. And I, I told, you know, that's going to take time. Obviously any tradition takes time to build, but we have to start, you know, somewhere. And we decided to start this year and we started with, you know, introducing the Riley trophy and hopefully you saw it on social media or, or maybe the live feed, but, um, essentially, uh, Tom uh, from Cold Heart Art, so they're based out of Brownsburg. Uh, Tom used to work for Don Schumacher Racing, welding chassis there. Uh, he mm -hmm. is an incredible welder and artist, really. Um, and he's he's built several trophies for us in the past, um, including the World Series trophy. You might have seen it from a couple of years ago. And then also um, the Jags wagon that Steve Sisko won at the Million in 20, uh, 2020. Mm -hmm. And... So I reached out back to him and said, we want to, you know, collaborate on some type of trophy that we can kind of, you know, get a little mass production of here um, that can become a standard at SFG races. And so went back and forth on some designs. I typically lean on him for a lot of the design work because he's just so talented and uh, he happened to have a new laser cutting machine. And he said, let's uh, let's draw this up and and uh, started cutting it out <laughs> and uh and, you know, I've just been so impressed with everything he's ever been able to put together for us. Um, awesome guy, awesome shop uh, that I got to go 
go visit and, and pick up all the, uh, all the Riley. So if you win, uh, if you win, uh, an SFG race in 2021 and beyond, uh, that's not the warm up race for the weekend, but one of the uh, sort of marquee events, uh, from the weekend, you'll receive a Riley. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was my hope that somebody would be able to stack these up and, you know, look back and people will have, you know, 10, 20, 30 of these, right? That'd be awesome. When you look way down the road, that's what we can aspire that it will become. Um, and, uh, so I thought it was pretty funny when Michael Carpenter won the, both the first two. Yeah. He's, he's already doing to a it. hot start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, a perfect tee up to talk about that young man and, and what he accomplished. I mean, that's extremely impressive looking through the rounds. He put up some really great packages, uh, when he needed to. Uh, but what do you think about this, I guess, new star in the world of SFG and uh, bracket racing at large? Yeah, I mean, star is uh, star is perfectly right because, um, you know, he's 18 years old. So he has a long way to go. It's a super young career. Um, and he's already won back-to-back 50k races uh something that um no one has ever won back-to-back events in the same car um at an sfg race you'll remember steve cisco in 2020 won the 1.1 million and then oh yeah followed it up winning a hundred thousand dollars in a different car so i mean that's sort of absolutely unbelievable um but you know michael carpenter i mean you know you kind of knew he was going to be he was going to be good because, you know, I was hearing a little bit about him last year, um, kind of getting deep in some races. And, and as I was reading through a lot of the comments, um, after the race, a lot of people kind of felt like he was going to, you know, pop off something like this, um, Mm -hmm. pretty soon. And, and he hangs out with the right people too. So he's from, he's from Bradenton here, the area there. He's, you know, that, that area has produced some unbelievable bracket racers. Um, you know, Gage Birch, uh, the Williams, um, Dave Triplett. I mean, these, these names that come out of that area are just, um, unreal. And he's another one of them now. And, uh, you know, he's, he, uh, certainly left his mark on, on the SFG history books already. And, and like you said, he got those first two Riley's, um, but an awesome performance, awesome to watch. And, uh, I think, uh, definitely a weekend he won't forget. Yep. He definitely won't forget that one anytime soon. And uh, Alston, I know you got a chance to talk with Michael uh, about that unforgettable weekend. Uh, So let's go ahead and get into that interview now. All right, so we're joined now by Michael Carpenter, the the man who wanted all this uh, past event, the Fuel Tech SFG season kickoff presented by FTI. Doubled up in the 50K main events, absolutely crushed the competition all week long. And uh, we've got him now to uh, learn a little bit more about how he made it happen. So, Michael, how are you doing today? Good, man. How's it going? Doing well, doing well. So, um, why don't you just start off by, uh, I think I think you certainly made it a name for yourself, not that you already didn't, but uh, this weekend, a lot more people, let's say, uh, learned the name Michael Carpenter. So, do you want to kind of uh, tell everybody who you are, you know, some background info on you, how you grew up in racing? Yeah, um, obviously, my name is uh, Michael Carpenter, and uh, I started racing, you know, my dad 
raced forever and his dad raced forever. And so kind of like a third generation, you know, and, um, I started racing juniors ever since I was eight and, you know, and then eventually it led to getting a, uh, big car at 16 and then just been driving one ever since and been trying to do once I got more comfortable in it and, you know, and started going like a little bit more rounds and I just tried to go to a little bit more big money stuff and try it out. And I felt really comfortable. And now we're here at uh racing all the SFG stuff and doing well. Yeah, that's great. You know, I was, as a, I was reading some comments from a lot of people congratulating you after your win. And um, a lot of people said that they saw this coming and um, you know, you were, you were uh, sort of laying the groundwork really for, for the last several years, but really last year um, potentially it was kind of on the cusp of, uh, of something like this happening. And, and it looks like that hard work, uh, that hard work paid off. What, uh, so talk about the car that you drove this weekend. Um, Is that the car you always drive or or what else have you uh, been racing? Oh uh, yeah, that car. I uh, that's a 07 M M&M and M from M M&M and M Race Cars, and that is the thing. That is what I've been racing the past uh, year, and that thing is just flat, nasty. It's got a uh, Mike Thompson 582 in it. That is another piece of the puzzle. It's got a FTI Verdon Tranny in it, a BLP carburetor, and that thing is just. It, ne- it never lets me down. Sometimes I let it down most of the time. So when I get mad, I mostly get mad at the fact that I let it down. And But that's what I've been racing for for this past year. And I also have a 76 Vega I also have. But I kind of put that aside and kind of focused on the dragster because it, uh, it never lets me down. And it's just always just so good. And I feel like I'm more comfortable in that than my other car. Yeah, well, uh, you certainly showed that you're uh, very comfortable in that car, and uh, I think that that's uh, that's a car that people are going to be scared to pull up next to nowadays, especially. Um, so, uh, you know, how do you kind of uh, thinking back, like in your you know junior dragster days and and growing up, um, did you think that you would ac- accomplish something like this so early in your career? Um, and just what's it kind of feel like now that we're a couple of days removed from, uh, from it? Um, honestly, I, I knew I was going to hit one big. I just didn't know. I didn't know when, like I knew it was gonna, that was my goal, like to do something before I get too old, like say for like 25 or whatever. I just knew I had to win something to, you know, try and keep going at it. And when I started racing all the big money stuff, I kept getting a little hotter and a little hotter and, you know, I kept warming up and just learned a lot. Cause I, I think that's the best way to learn when you go racing is just to learn the big money. And cause obviously that's the best competition there is. And once you race against the best, then that teaches you how to be the best. So, yep. I mean, you got to really, put yourself in that situation, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't think I'd win it that soon but i'm kind of glad that i did now i kind of put my name on the map and i still got a long way to go yeah and i mean i i think uh you know obviously you're good friends with gage birch who has been well documented as a 
an SFG legend of sorts at this point from, uh, from his win at the, at the $525,000 race in 2019. Um, so I think, uh, you know, he's been a good one for you to watch, I think probably as well. Yeah. Gage is obviously my, he's, he's my go-to man. He's my best friend. We hang out all the time, just joke around. And it's, it's really funny because we always, you know, I don't, he doesn't even own a practice tree. I own one and we'll like, he'll, he'll come over to my house and we'll be hitting the practice tree and stuff, just joking around on it. Be like, Oh, we're in the final of, you know, the 500 or we're in the final for a hundred grand right now. And we're both let go and we'll both be like double or two or something. And then we got to go again. Cause you know, we're both double two and it says it gives you one win, but we want to go again, but it's just, <laughs> it puts you in that situation where that's really not like, it's really not real. You know, it's just race isn't over, you know, you keep doing what you're doing. Don't let it get to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so let's kind of dive into, uh, dive into the weekend here a little bit at this, uh, SFG season kickoff race, um, perfect weather, great size field, um, really, really tough racing all weekend. I, I spend quite a bit of time in the tower and, and watching laps and, uh, it's, uh, pretty humbling to watch what, uh, what a lot of our competitors can do, um, for you, you know, I guess let's start on, uh, you know, so we had Marie Moeller win on Friday at 26 years old, another young gun out there, um, for local, local, um, as well. And, uh, so then you come into, uh, come into Saturday, were there any, obviously where you, where you, uh, picked up the win, were there any tough, uh, rounds or rounds that stuck out, I guess, throughout that day that you remember as being an important one in that, uh, quest oh. for the win? Oh, there's, there's this one that it got me pretty mad. I was, um, uh, I forget who it was. Um, it was like a uh, four, it was a 490 car. And, you know, I'm looking, and, you know, I'm, I'm set up pretty good and I know what I got to do. And I was, I was double nine and he was 13, but obviously I didn't know that at the start and I let go and I know I'm decent. You know, I didn't feel like I got it all. I didn't feel like I got it as best as I could, but I knew I got it pretty good and I'm going down there and, you know, I'm got a little bit of room to work with. So I give it a few and I was nine, take five. No good. He was 13 dead zero. And that kind of set the tone. I was like, wow, like, like that, it, it kind of made me mad. I was like, wow, like, I guess I just got to tighten up and be better, be better. What BJ Bianchi said. He told me just to be better. So I, I'd be better and <laughs> got him for two fifties. Yeah. That's uh those are tough races to lose, but there, there was a lot of them, you know, I saw a lot of sub 15 yeah. packages, you know, get beat. Um, and that's, that's tough, but you know, you're on it, you know, at least, you know, you're putting down good laps and hopefully it'll work out, um, for you in the yeah. end. So when you rolled into that first 50 K final, um, you know, you had, um, never kind of really been at a final of that level, or maybe I'm mistaken, but had you kind of been in that situation before, or was this kind of your first time? Never. The most final I've been in was for $2,000 in Bristol dragway for a okay. PER points race. Yeah. So, uh, so what was kind of your mindset there? Um, as you were, as you were getting ready to go. 
Uh, my mindset was, you know, I knew, uh, I really didn't know. I really didn't know much about Steve Taylor and him. So Gage just, we kind of told him like not to worry about it, you know, don't worry who we got. And, you know, we got those people out there that, cause we all know that Bradenton has an app that you can go back and look and all this, but I really don't care for it. I believe that if you can go and look at my runs, but you still got to beat me, you know? So I really didn't care what uh what he was doing and whatnot so i knew that i had to go out there and i knew i was set up pretty good on the tree i didn't think i was set up that good but i knew i was set up pretty good and i was just gonna be double o and go down there and take and see if the wind light turned on and just do my job again and it it happened i believe i was i was double o two he was 24 that did kind of take a lot, but he did stop. So yep. but I did light it up one above. So I did play it on the safe side. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's uh to to kind of be in the first final of that caliber in, in your career. Um, and you know, have that kind of calmness that that I experienced there. And and Gage is very similar. You know, Gage is uh <laughs> I spent a lot of time with him uh, you know, during that 525,000 win, and he was just, you know cool as can be um felt like you know he was just messing around on a friday night um yeah. and i think that that i've i've said it before on a couple different um interviews and things like that that i i think that's one thing that really stuck out to me as something that separates gauge um from a lot of other racers is his ability to have that um that calm attitude and never get rattled rattled by anything um and i, I saw that um in what you were able to do too obviously going out there and being 002 and lighting up the scoreboard. So um, yeah. is that kind of something that that you think is a defining characteristic of kind of how you race as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, Gage and I have been best friends for a long time, and I've looked up to him for seems, I mean, it's honestly my whole life, you know, ever since we started racing juniors at eight years old, you know, everyone, everyone knew Gage Birch, and, you know, just to call him a friend is amazing. But, I mean, it's just – He's a great guy. I can't, can't, I can't thank Gage enough for, you know, what he's done for me. And, you know, we always help each other out, but I mean, honest, like you said, you know, he's just, he's always so calm and cracking jokes, you know, like what he did at the 500, he was just cracking jokes and he was just racing, you know, he really didn't care about the money. He was just racing. That's kind of what he brought me into when I was in that situation for obviously a lot less money, but still a good caliper. And he just, kept me calm and was cracking jokes and we were just having a good time. Yeah, for sure. I think that's something that uh, a lot of people can learn from, uh, from some of these interviews that we have with, with some of you guys that have been able to, uh, you know, check these huge wins off of your bucket list. Um, so, so that obviously, you know, wrapped up Saturday, big win. You're obviously very excited. Um, the whole, the whole crew Andrew was excited. Um, but then we went into Sunday and, in your first entry, actually, the car number that uh, won the night before, Billy Dunn beats you um, mm -hmm. pretty late in the race on that one. Um, and then you find yourself back in another final round again, happens to be also against Billy Dunn. Um, yeah. So what were kind of, uh, as you as you went through that day, you know, did it feel like, you know, this wasn't real or like, you know, you, you know, this shouldn't be happening or what was kind of your mentality going through that day, knowing what you had already accomplished the day before? 
Um, honestly, it was kind of, I kind of didn't feel like it was real. Like I kind of just put it, I kind of just put the, put the fact that I even won the day before, you know, it's a new day, new race. You know, I just treat every race like it's, you know, you got one job, you take it one at a time. And I did, I was, I remember I had Billy, I was 003 red and I knew I kind of, I knew it, as soon as I let go and I was like, oh man, this is perfect time for a bump up and I don't have that stuff. So <laughs> I just let it go and it turned pink and I was like, all right, well, you know, that's, that's part of racing. So, but yeah, when I had him again, I was like, man, like, I guess we can see, you know, just, I guess we can, we can get it done again, but, uh, right. So when you're, when you're up there for that, you know, I, yeah. So when we're up there for that final round, you know, we had the this little surprise tear down, everyone checked out all clear. Um, but then, you know, we, we, uh, you know, tell the, tell you guys to, you know, head to the, head to the uh, track and start the race. Billy Dunn's car can't start because the battery's dead. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, first, first thing is your crew over there said, well, we've got charging lugs in, in your car and you got, you handed them out and, and they got his car fired up. And that was, uh, that was an incredible, you know, thing, I think, and something that you don't see in a lot of other sports, um, outside of drag racing, um, kind of give me, give me just a little quick insight about, about that and, uh, about that situation. Oh yeah. I mean, I just, uh, after the tour down, it got pretty cool. So I just, fired my car up and you know let it get some heat back in it and uh i like i turned my head back like looking for billy and you know he was still back there and he had people like waving over to him and i was like uh oh like that can't be good i'm just telling myself to stay calm and then i hear the they need charging lugs and you know i think someone went back to the trailer to go run and get some you know and obviously i told i told uh my father he was there i was like hey i got mine in my glove box you know just here like give them to him so we can get this uh get get his car started so we can run the final, you know? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a class act move. And I think uh, I was, I was super excited when I went back and watched the live feed and that kind of whole exchange with the announcers is, is on there. And um, I think that that speaks, you know, extremely highly of, of what the sport is and the kind of people that we have competing in it. Um, but nonetheless, you know, you get the, get the car started. Um, you both roll out. Um, and it was an absolutely unbelievable final round. Um, I think you you took triple zero one, on on the brakes, I believe, um, yeah. to win. So um, you know, I'm, I I can't see triple zero one. I have a hard time seeing you know like ten. <laughs> um, but uh, talk, I mean, talk about kind of that that race. And it seems like all the cards just kind of fell right into place for you. Oh, oh it did. Uh... I know I was 15, he was 11. I let go and I didn't feel like I got all of it. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those, you know, just hopefully we're still involved in the race. And I was, uh, I was holding a little bit and I checked back on him because he was dialed 470s, I believe, 460 or 470. And so I looked back and I check up on him and, you know, I'm getting there, but, you know, I just, I know I got a little bit of room, but it didn't, uh, I knew, I know Billy and I wasn't a race to set up and try and get behind on him. So I knew I had to probably, I knew I had to take and I checked back and I got room and so I, I gave it one rip and we kept going down there a little bit longer and I got a little bit more room and 
I knew that one rip wasn't enough to kill what I was holding. So I knew I had to give it at least one more. And I gave it another one and I stuck it back down. And I'm like, Oh, like that's, that's really close. And I, obviously I didn't know. I thought I probably gave it back. You know, I was like, man, I either got there by absolutely nothing or I gave it back by like absolutely nothing or double one. I knew it was really close, but I kind of stuck about stuck it back down and hope and pray that I was above and I got there and I looked at the scoreboard and I lit it up uh dead four and taken triple zero one. Yeah, that was uh that was <laughs> unbelievable when they announced that. And um, you know, obviously you weren't attempting to take triple zero one, probably no. like a little more cushion than that, but it's just one of those weekends where the cards all kind of seem to fall into place for you. Um, and you, you, you couldn't really, you couldn't mess up it, it seemed. And that's, that's, uh, you know, a really special weekend to have. And, uh, you know, you came back obviously again, extremely excited, um, really happy. You know, you seem to have a special moment with your dad there. You want to talk about him and how you kind of grew up racing with him? Yeah. I mean, ever since, uh, ever since I was eight, you know, he, he's taken me everywhere, you know, he's, he's been my go-to man and now him. I mean, we're honestly, you know, best friends. I mean, we butt heads a lot, but we really learn we're best friends and we do anything for each other, you know, and I am his best employee. So <laughs> I did kind of have to take a week off work uh, for him, you know, just to celebrate. But, but, you know, it was pretty cool because Saturday night he wasn't, he wasn't even there. You know, I was, I've been going all these big money races by myself and, he wasn't even there for me Saturday and he just, he was, he went to, he actually went to the Gators Saturday. And so I guess he just decided to surprise me Sunday. And, you know, he's obviously, you know, he congratulated me and said uh, how proud he was. And I I remember I told him, I was like, dad, it's not over yet. And uh, <laughs> I ended up and parked in the winter circle again with my yeah. father there. So that was, really cool yeah that was uh that was really really neat really special um to watch so uh in addition to everything that comes along with you know winning and you know you pretty much blew up social media number one on the drag champ top 10 list i saw i mean um you know it's, it's becoming you know a, a it's always has been really, but a really big deal to win an SFG race because it just keeps getting so much harder and, you know, races seem to get closer every single year. Um, but we made it a little, a little addition this year with adding the Riley trophy to our events, um, debuted that this past weekend, uh, for anyone that wins kind of the, the feature days, um, at a race. So in this case, it was the two fifty K races. Um, yeah. When when we were putting this, you know, together, the goal was that in my vision of it anyway, was similar to how people have, you know, shelves of wallies and, and that's something to yeah. look back on and remember that was my goal for people that race with us is that, you know, they would have five, 10 years, whatever, full shelves of these Riley trophies, if they've been really successful and something else to remember it by. And, uh, I did not anticipate that one person would already have the first two, uh, ever in existence. So that was, uh, that was really neat. Yeah. I actually, uh, I put them, I did actually put them, uh, cause Kyle did say that, you know, it's kind of his version of, you know, they say like the Wally or the Ari trays, like Iron Man, you know, people, that's what some people race for, you know, they race for those. And it is really cool to see Kyle do something like that. Cause you also get a good payday and, you know, a good trophy. 
because I mean the check's cool and all, but you know, just a trophy's also pretty cool because you can look at it, look back at it and few years be like and remember it and uh it is pretty funny he says that because i actually have both of them uh sitting i actually have both of them uh with my wallies in my room there so you they're, go. All kinda, <laughs> they're all kind of together yeah no that's that's perfect and you know the like you said the payouts are are awesome and you know you have a little spending money in your pockets now but uh that can be spent obviously so this will it's just yeah. a little additional piece to uh to uh help you remember this you know really unforgettable weekend um so next on the on the list of sfg races is obviously the the sfg 500 jegs sfg 500 presented by right trailers it's uh april 12th to the 18th right back there at bradenton mm-hmm. motorsports park that you know well obviously so uh what are kind of your thoughts as we uh go into into that event and uh What's it going to be like to roll back in there knowing that you're kind of the defending champ at that track as we compete for half a million dollars? Oh, it's it's great. I mean, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have loved it to uh I wouldn't have dreamed of doing any better because I mean I uh, I live in uh St. Petersburg, Florida, and Brighton is you know 40 minutes away from me. The track it's literally it's 40 minutes away from well, it's that far away from where I live, so it's it's obviously my home track and yeah, I just, it is, it's, it's amazing to win that caliber of a race, you know, that Kyle Riley put on, you know, just moving around. And I think he did find himself a good track at Bradenton, you know, with obviously with, uh, we have Wade Rich there doing the track prep and it's obviously amazing. And Bradenton's such a great facility and everything. And so we're going to plan on going there for the 500 and see if, uh, See if we can do it again, and yeah. hopefully the 500 this time. Just add, right. uh, add another zero. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Gage would uh, would like to uh, say a little different that he'll defend his title there. But uh, you know, Gage had an awesome weekend too. I think I saw somewhere that he he won like 30 rounds this past weekend at at the season oh. kickoff. So he's on kill too. So uh, you know, you never know. You guys might be staging it up in the final against each other for half a million. That would be that would be amazing. <laughs> yes well uh, before we get out of here i want to give you a, a quick chance to to thank anybody any sponsors or anyone that that you might want to uh, give a give a shout out to oh obviously um you know troy williams at fti uh dennis kitterman dk corporation you know he helps me out a lot and uh mike thompson racing engines mickey thompson uh jimmy it's uh I forget his last name jimmy at thor trailers uh, just check them out. They have all your trailer needs. He helps me out a lot also. And applied racing technology. That pretty that pretty much sums it up. You know, just people that help me out that I can't think enough. Yep. Well, it takes uh, you know, it takes a whole team. And I I definitely saw the amount of people that were excited to see you win. It's uh you're clearly a well-liked racer around uh around Florida and uh I think uh a soon to be household name if not already across the entire bracket racing world so uh yeah. certainly want to thank you for uh, for coming on here that's michael carpenter the uh, the man who kicked off the season just right with a pair of fifty thousand dollar wins at the fuel tech sfg season kickoff presented by fti we will see him on track in a little less than a month 
uh, back in Bradenton for half a million dollars. The Jags SFG 500 presented by Wright Trailers. So, Michael, thank you again, and uh, we will chat again soon. Yep. Hi, right, man. That was great. So, uh, really cool insights from the young winner, young champion, uh, Michael Carpenter. Uh, like you said, uh, another runner and star coming out of the Bradenton, Florida area alongside Birch and Williams and um, some of the great names uh, coming out of that area. So another winner we got to talk to, or the only other winner for what the non-golf cart races at this event that we got to talk to was Marie Muller, who was also out of Florida. So let's get into what she had to say about her $25,000 victory. I'm sitting by the second future female winner in SFG history, uh, Marie Muller. So uh, thank you for coming, Marie. We appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're excited to talk to you. So got a few questions for you. So first, just give us some background on yourself. You know, where are you from? How old you are? What do you do outside of racing? Um, Go ahead. Um, Well, I am uh, 26 years old. I just turned 26 on Monday. So Happy this was birthday. a good birthday win. Yeah, for me. awesome. Um, I'm from Pinellas Park, born and raised there. Um, I've been racing juniors, or I started racing juniors when I was 10. Um, my dad grew up racing all the time, so I was always with him at the racetrack, trying to follow in his footsteps. But I love it. <laughs> okay, great. So awesome on the birthday win. So tell us a bit about what you do outside of the racetrack. So currently, right now, I'm in school, um, getting my bachelor's degree, and then I want to go into nursing, do nurse practitioner, um, and then I'm just working on the side doing (laughs) t-shirts just to make the racing money. (laughs) Awesome. So where are you doing that at? Um, So it's called uh, Merch Ops, um, down by my house in Pinellas Park, and um, it's a screen printing and embroidery shop, so we, we do a lot of work. Very cool, very cool. All right, so tell us a bit about the car that got you $25,000 the other night. <laughs> so this is a bit of a story. The car, oh, okay. it's my dad's car. And when I first got out of juniors, I started racing that. And um, years down the road, I was begging him for my own car. And yep. he finally bought me my own dragster. And it's been five years now since I've been racing that. And I have not won in my car at all. And wow. so I was really hoping to get the win in my car, but um, Old Faithful got me the win. Yeah. And They're both yours now. Yeah, definitely <laughs> mine. My dad's kind of retired. He's living his racing life through me now. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not going so bad, I'd say. So no. I, I think he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So yesterday, as you were going through the rounds, what would you say, if any, were your most significant struggles that you might have had to overcome? get to the winner circle so one of the rounds actually it might have been around like fifth round maybe um we were having transmission issues and okay. i got up there and i hit the trans brake and it backed me out of the beams um so thank god i got in first um so i could yeah. get down and reset it and get back in so yeah that was my luck moment right there awesome yeah you need a lucky round just about at any one of these, these yeah. bigger races so that was it <laughs> yeah very cool okay so um Other than that, other than that round that you had transmission issues with the button, what would you say was your most difficult round to win last night? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I had a lot of tough races. Um, 
triple a, a couple of times yes heard, right? yeah i was trip and then rolled two thousand and i was trip again so wow. glad you wrote that too man. yes <laughs> so um i know uh when i got down i think it was the semis when i had to race gauge i know he's a great racer so yeah. that was going to be a tough one for me yeah. um so i think that one was pretty much a tough one okay and how did that race play out was that one of the trips rounds no it was not i believe i was eight he was I don't know, two. He was a little bit better than me. And uh, I, I made it around him. I don't know what happened with him. I don't know if he gave it back or something yeah. happened. But yeah, big spot there yeah. between the Draxer and door car. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of racing door cars because it's really hard for me I to see. I understand that. So I think on both ends, it's, yes, it's not fun. Not fun at all. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, good deal. So, um, what factors outside of your family being here and having good support from your dad uh, do you attribute to your success here at SFG? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. It's just everyone. Like, they're my support. Um, all, all my friends are rooting me on, and, um, and my dad's a big, big factor in that. I mean, yeah. I can't thank him enough. He's, he teaches me really well, and my mom's always at home cheering me on. She yeah, doesn't really also. come out anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who else do you want to thank? I know your your boyfriend was here. Right? Yes, he's here. He's always giving me tough love, Grayson. Um, yep, he was pretty excited on the starting line yes. there. You're backing up. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. And his dad, he's always telling me I need to do better and giving me the tough love that I need and pushing me along. But I definitely want to thank uh, SFG for putting on this race. I mean, I love these races. They're so much fun. And I wouldn't have got the win without them. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time, Marie. We look forward to seeing you at more SFG races, mm -hmm. taking home some life-changing money. Hopefully. Awesome. <laughs> thank well, you so much. Today. Thank, thank you. you. How awesome is Marie? I mean, uh, what she accomplished was really awesome to see. Uh, great birthday present for her, another young winner. Um, and I think uh, it's really cool to see that she's kind of the, the second um, – winner of one of, of SFG's kind of, uh, marking main, main events. Um, th you know, not counting, I guess, shootouts, I think is where we're saying second. Um, so, uh, you know, that's certainly an awesome accomplishment. I think it's great to see, uh, so many female competitors, uh, at SFG races and just in bracket racing in general, I look at other, other forms of motorsports and you just, you don't have that. And I think, um, the more we can do to embrace that, and get uh, more women involved in big money bracket racing. Um, it, that number of two is just going to continue growing um, as we continue seeing more winners. And um, I think uh, we're kind of embracing uh, the uh, females who attend the SFG 500 because we have a special race just for them. Yep, yep, it's going to be great. So the ladies shootout uh, at the 500 is uh, something that I think we started, what, last year? What's the first year we did that? I think we've done it uh, the last couple of years. It might have started, uh, it started, I think, at the uh, 500 in 2019. Um, gotcha. was maybe the first lady shootout. So definitely something that SFG is kind of uh, spearheaded and, and been um, kind of a leader in, in hosting these types of events. And I actually, I know there are some people who have just come to, uh, come to some of these big races uh, just to race the, race the women's shootout, ladies shootout, and... Uh, and actually won some money and been able to stay and uh, race in a few of the other events during the week. So, um, 
you know, I mean, that's, that's awesome. And another awesome opportunity. So yeah, that's going to be, uh, at the, at the 500, um, and certainly will be, uh, always one of the most, um, I guess, uh, most exciting evenings at the track because the crowd gets incredibly big, um, <laughs> at the starting line. It's, it's awesome. It feels like we're on like, I don't know, street outlaws or right. grudge race or something. <laughs> Cause, uh, just all these people are on the starting line and, and, uh, want to watch this shootout. So it's, uh, it's really fun. I think, uh, another, uh, one of those things that just is separating our events from, uh, from some other ones that people might be attending. Yep. Yep. Five grand to win for a shootout. I mean, that's not bad no matter what it is. So yeah, definitely a really cool thing that SFG is spearheading uh, for the past few years. And speaking of ladies, another lady that did incredible, in my opinion, at the uh, SFG season kickoff was Carly Holbrook and uh, Yellow Nova. I think she was foot breaking it. Um, I kept seeing her come back up to the lanes. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is, um, I guess we have a hitter here. And I mean, she, she was young. And she, I'm not sure exactly how old she was. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if she was in high school or college. Uh, but yeah, she was making it happen uh, and and turning on one lights and no box. So certainly a great job by Carly Holbrook there. I'm sure we'll be seeing her back at the Jags SFG 500 to compete for that $5,000 no box bonus, which is certainly an enticing uh, little feature there for no box uh, competitors to come out and compete for that half million dollar prize. Yep, yep, there it is. And uh, that that kind of has me thinking maybe I should bring one of these stalkers up to up there to play as well, <laughs> and forget this Houston divisional that's kind of stacked on top of it, messing up my plans <laughs> with SFG. Um, but anyway, uh, another racer that was going a ton of rounds, which isn't surprising at all, is the Bradenton native Gage Birch. Uh, what did he go like? 20, 30 rounds that weekend. I, th I think I saw he may have won 30 rounds throughout the weekend. I mean, he was just uh, laying it down all day, every day. Didn't end up, uh, didn't end up, uh, you know, taking home O'Reilly or one of the big checks. But I mean, he was in it late every single day. Yeah. Um, and like you said, not surprising. I mean, he seems to, if you follow him on social media, he seems to win there at Palm Beach almost every weekend. Yeah. Um, so he certainly understands that place and has it figured out. But um, another stellar performance by another competitor there that definitely uh, deserves a shout out. And we know he will be at the Jags SFG 500 uh, in a here in a couple, really just a few days away now, um, because he's the reigning champion. So had the COVID season there in 2020 where we didn't get to have the 500, and uh, so. Gage kind of got to sit on that title of uh, reigning champ for for a while now, and he'll be back to try to defend that, this time at his home track. He had to come to Michigan last time to do it, um, but this time it's at his home track, and uh, I don't think any of us would really be surprised if, you know, late in the rounds on that main event that he is still in contention. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned that he wins in Bradenton pretty much all the time, so I'm like, while you're saying this, I'm looking at his Facebook page, and March 22nd, it's March 24th now that we're recording this, he says, drove over to Palm Beach Saturday and ended up winning no box, and then rode back home toward Bradenton to the NMCA race and ended up winning the race <laughs> there. Uh, so this yep. guy, is, he's, he's a monster. Uh, I guess he kind of owns Florida in the bracket race, really anywhere. He owns bracket racing. 
is at least a, <laughs> a major stakeholder. <laughs> yes. I mean, this guy, it, it's pretty incredible to watch. And, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll see him going deep rounds at the 500 yet again out in Bradenton. Could not agree more. Um, so, you know, that was uh, really good to get to talk to those, uh, talk to those winners. Uh, and we're excited to use this podcast as a way that we can share those winner stories uh, with all of you and uh, kind of get a little info on how they, how they did it. So, um, you know, if you followed SFG social media for a while, you know we have the How I Won It series for kind of our, our mega event winners. But a lot of these other racers have awesome stories um, about how they succeeded too. I think you heard it from both Marie and Michael, certainly. And, uh, you know, this is a great medium, I think, where we're going to be able to share a lot of those stories. Yep, without a doubt. Um, so speaking of stories, I guess, um, well, I know that many of you listening to this probably have seen quite a few of the videos that we've done so far, in addition to like the the longer form, how we want it series type videos. We do quite a bit of pin interviews, et cetera, at uh, different stops on the SFG tour. Um, so yeah, Austin, you want to kind of talk about why we're doing that this year uh, or the past couple of years at, at this point now? Yeah. You know, and I think that, um, so kind of SFG's edition of myself and, and then, um, subsequently you as well, um, really emphasizes the investment that we're making in content and how it, important it is to, um, SFG's brand. And, you know, I, you know, don't want to give away all of SFG's secrets to the competitors, but I guess if you're listening, <laughs> I mean, in my, my view on this is really simple that, um, we just have to put a lot of content out because, um, you know, people are always on social media and myself included, we're using it all the time. And I think that we're in a very unique situation here as um, this promotion uh, company where we can tell the stories of so many racers. Like that's our goal for this year, especially, and really every year, but especially this year, an emphasis on telling the stories of the people who compete with us, of the people that make up this SFG family. Um, and we're fortunate to have grown tremendously over the last five years. Uh, we have a, a large following and an audience that's interested in this. And so, um, you know, I think that the more we can do, uh, to continue putting out more and more and more content and, you know, increasing that quality of content over time, uh, only does better for ourselves, but also for drag racing in general, uh, as a whole, because, you know, of the hundreds of thousands of impressions and views that our videos are getting on a monthly basis, um, there are people there, I'm convinced, because I haven't, you know, I haven't met 100,000 drag racers or more, but I'm convinced that there's people that, you know, aren't racing right now that are just fans or, mm -hmm. or that come across us that might get involved, might go to their local track and get involved. So I think that it's really, you know, uh, it's um, kind of a multifaceted um benefit to the sport when we can Without continue putting out more and more content. Um, but I mean, you're, you know, you're a big part of that too. So, I mean, what are your, what are your kind of views on what we're trying to accomplish here? Yep. I mean, telling the, the stories of the racers, cause it's deserved. I mean, everyone appreciates recognition, uh, when they're investing quite a bit of their time and money, uh, to do something and they have a choice of where they can do that at when it comes to bracket racing. Uh, so to offer, you know, some recognition in the form of pen interviews and uh, coverage is, I think, you know, the least a promoter can do. 
so I look forward to continuing yeah. uh, to do that as best and as excellent as I can. Um, and yeah. yeah, like like you mentioned, and beyond SFG, that's the way this sport grows. It grows from the grassroots bracket racing level. Uh, not, not everyone is going to be able to afford a heads up. Yes, there's more and more options that seem to pop up for heads up racing. Uh, but when you're going as fast as you can, you kind of simultaneously spend as much as you can. Um, <laughs> and in bracket racing, that's not necessary. I mean, if you look at some of the consistent winners uh, in the past, you'll see quite a few door cars, uh, which, you know, what maybe twenty thirty thousand dollars invested if and that i mean look at look at gauge you know yeah that's the 500 right that's what i was thinking i didn't you know didn't want to call him out <laughs> eight that, you know matt dad is eight thousand dollar truck right we've told the story a million times there you go um it's uh he went out and did it and i mean you think you you'd be surprised at some of the cars that are able to win you know our events but before we run off this topic i want to come back to something you said that i uh, really thought was interesting and it kind of struck me is you know, we're making this content, but let's think about what a racer might be able to do with that. Because if we do an interview, you know, with a racer in their pit, we, you know, show kind of their car, uh, talk to them. Now, think about what they can do then in going to a potential sponsor and saying, look, I was on this live feed with an interview and it got viewed, you know, this many hundreds of thousands of times. Then they posted it on their Facebook and it had this many views, um, you know, tens of thousands of views or more. And, and um, I think that's just another asset that we can give to racers. Um, oh, yeah. Through this, that they can go to a company and say, like, there's some serious traction behind um, what we're doing here and, and you should be involved in it um, and helping me get out there and compete. And we love to see that and we love to try to help our um our customers, um, but really just, you know, the, the racers, um, who are there try to uh, continue to better their operations and hopefully we can do that. And, uh, we're going to keep going. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, we are bought into this plan. Um, and, and I hope other promoters, you know, get bought into it too, honestly, because I think, uh, it's, I think gonna, it's better all around. Exactly. You know, high tides raise all boats and yeah, you know, so, on the class racing side, I've got a, a major oil company uh, backing me in addition to a major spark plug company or a really ignition uh, system company. And if I were to pass that to them, you know, you're definitely going to get some accolades from, from them for one. Uh, but they're also going to remember that when it's time to uh, come renew the set of racers that they sponsor for the next year. Uh, so if we can help, you know, racers continue their sponsorship, I mean, that's that feels great to me. I mean, that alone, I think is really cool. Um, because it's hard, hard enough to get them. And when you're at a race that has no coverage, it, uh, it makes it even harder to keep them. Um, so long story short, if we ask you for, you know, if you want to do an interview, you should probably say yes. If you're at a race, yeah, <laughs> most there- people do, but, um, you know, there's been one or two that, that haven't wanted to, but that's fine because um, there's always more. Um, and the other thing, too, is if you see us getting some sort of weird camera angle on your car or we want to put a GoPro in your car or, you know, we want you to put your helmet on dramatically and look at the camera with serious <laughs> eyes, um, you know, it's going to feel weird reason. in the moment, but it's for a good reason because that video that's going to come out of it in slow motion and beautiful music behind it, uh, trust me, it'll be worth it. So 
Bear yep. with us. <laughs> yep, it's going to be great. Um, the only instance where I've seen this be potentially negative is Mr. Downtown James Brown. He calls himself the, the OG, the original Downtown James Brown. So his wife was enjoying the beaches on Bradenton uh, during one of the races, and I got to interview him, and it, it popped up on the Murder Media feed, and uh, I think he accidentally forgot to thank Mrs. Downtown James Brown, and um, <laughs> he he found me in the pits walking around and said, hey, man, we need to redo that interview. I'm kind of in trouble uh, with the wife now. Um, <laughs> but that just goes to show that's another perk of racing at Bradenton. You know, you can bring the family. If they don't want to stay at the track during the early rounds, they can go 15 minutes down the road and enjoy the other great things about that that city. So, yeah, yep. it's all it's yep. all good. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, before we wrap it up, um, let's just give a quick shout out to Victor Alvarez, um, obviously a relatively new owner of BMP. I mean, there's a reason why we're having so many races. We're having three races there this year. And, you know, it's not just because we love the Florida weather, which we do. It's because um, our team really believes in what they're doing there. I've never seen a racetrack um, really run so hard and so efficiently. I mean, this track is open almost every day of the season. Like they have testing literally almost every day. You look at their calendar, like, um, kind of, they have like a special calendar in the tower that talks about some of the private events and stuff. And I mean, it, it is nonstop that they run that place. And, you know, I've been very explicit in telling them, like, I think every racetrack owner needs to come and watch how you guys do things Yeah, because it's, it's really awesome. And that's the way to run a racetrack. If you're going to own a racetrack, um, they've just got it figured out. Uh, we know that when we go there, they're going to be, you know, on their game. And we know that us going there is only helping them kind of rebuild that place into just a premier or the premier facility, um, in Florida and, and, you know, potentially even in, in the nation someday that, that I know Victor wants it to be, um, and kind of get it back to that stage. And, and they make so many improvements between every race that we're there. Uh, it's on the right track, you know, so, um, just hats off to that whole team, um, who's, who's really got it figured out and, and makes it such joy for us to host events there. And thanks to all the racers in the South in Florida that, that like to come race with us and all the racers in the North who make the trip down. Um, it's always cool when you see a lot of like Michigan competitors down in Florida, um, coming, coming to an SFG race. So, yep. Very cool to see indeed. Uh, and thank you all for listening to this inaugural SFG effect podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed and learned a few things about what SFG is doing um and why we're doing it and uh, we look forward to giving you some more content in this podcast going forward kind of like i mentioned in the intro on uh, the different partners that we have and and what they might be looking for uh, when it comes to partnering with some of you racers uh, etc so uh, again thank you for watching or listening and uh (laughs) it's not a video podcast yet yeah not yet uh, (laughs) coming soon sure it's coming right but yeah, I think there's so much potential in this show, so much behind the scenes action that we can uh, we can kind of give some insight to. I know if if I wasn't in the seat that I'm in and and had the opportunities to be at uh, this role that I'm in with SFG, I would really be interested in hearing a lot of this. Um, and I hope that you know you all are too. And uh, 
we're going to keep putting it out. So tell your friends, get somebody else to listen with you and uh, subscribe to the show and uh, you'll, you'll get notified whenever our new episodes come out. Yep. There it is. So uh, until then we will see you all in Florida. Have a question that you'd like to ask the SFG effect podcast. Email podcast at racesfg.com to ask yours, and it might be featured on the show.